You were listening to episode 233 of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and we taste the rainbow in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. going to bring back the uh, old uh, skittles hashtag not a sponsor could be a sponsor right yeah that's mm. uh it's a couple hundred episodes ago sour skittles that's like my wife's favorite candy is I, it oh yeah i stop at the gas station get some sour skittles makes yeah. everything better when ryan's actually in trouble, i should do that on my way home when ryan's in trouble sour skittles yep yep Better than flowers. <laughs> well, it's, it's more colors, too. Uh, but no, we're not playing Skittles this week. Uh, we are playing Kirby and the Rainbow Curse on the Wii U. Is uh, there a Skittles game? I don't know. There's a Pepsi game, so I wouldn't... And Do a you have Pepsi game. Man? No, but I have a cool spot, which is basically 7-Up Man. Uh, so while, while Ryan looks up if there's a Skittles game, uh, we could play a Burger King game, by the way, because I do have those. No. Uh yeah, so Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Wow, okay, so there is a remarkably different game called Skittles. If you Google Skittles game, it is like it's like bowling mixed with like a maze and what looks like foosball almost. Bring it on over here. Bring it on over. All the noise. What the hell is that? That's... That's the Skittles game, man. It's a historical lawn game. Oh, cool. Okay. Of European origin. So, safe to say that uh, they can sue Skittles for infringement on the Skittles game. I wonder if game. there's a video game of this Skittles. If there's not, maybe it's uh, open open license. <laughs> we can make a Skittles game. When Skittles goes to sue us, we'll say, no, it's based off of this Skittles. This European lawn game. Taste the pain. <laughs> uh, all right, so... You can find the Game Deflators and all of our shenanigans on thegamedeflators.com, our out-of-date website. You can find us on social media, at Game Deflators, on Twitter, at The Game Deflators, on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search up Game Deflators. You'll find us there. And, of course, the podcast application you're listening to right now. Leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Now on to our current pickups. So for me, uh, I actually... Got a pretty cool uh, set of books that we're going to be giving away on our social media. So Brian Rigsby of RetroGameBooks.com went ahead and sent us some cool stuff. And uh, it's a Metroid art book that goes into a few interviews with folks that have been heavily involved in Metroid. Like, I think the developer of Metroid 64... Or not Metroid 64, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're like fan games. Yeah, yeah. So and it's okay, got like yeah, a bunch right, of right. fan art and stuff in there. Uh, there's like Metroid M2R. Other 2 in there. So there's some really cool stuff. Um, AM2R, another Metroid Another 2 Metroid remake. 2 remake, yeah. yeah. And um, some art, different art from a, a number of different artists, like 250 plus artists, I want to say, yeah, is what's really noted. Yeah, really cool stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. And then there's like an achievements book for NES that literally is like the achievements like you would get from Xbox, but for NES specifically. Yeah. So if you if you needed 30 more reasons to play Simon's Quest, here you go, people. It's actually pretty cool. I like how it's <laughs> laid out in that respect. Uh, and then some art cards and stuff like that. So we're going to give that away on social media, so keep an eye out on there. Let uh, us know that you actually are listening. Yeah, you for may sure. be rewarded. <laughs> you may be rewarded greatly, actually. 
chances are in your favor. Honestly, there's pretty high odds. If you compete, you will win. And then there are uh, the other people out there who who don't normally listen, but they'll they'll see the yeah. I uh, I heard your comments on on commenting on the social media posts, and somebody will say, hey, I listen too, and it'll just go bananas. It'll be great. It'll be a, a viral post. Uh, we're crossing our fingers here. That happens. Uh, so that was a pickup. Uh, I also, so <laughs> Ryan, you posed a question to me. You said, hey, John, did you know that uh, there's going to be a Donkey Kong Lego expansion oh, set? Oh, no, I for- asked if you were looking at getting it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so Ryan's like, are you looking to get it? And my response was, I already pre-ordered it. So, All four? No, they actually only had one for pre-order, which is a standard Donkey the Kong, Kong hunt. Yeah. So I, the only reason I found out about it, by the way, um, obviously I would have found out today, but Barry actually posted mm. on Twitter, and he's like, who's going to collect this? And I'm yeah. like, I will probably get all of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I got the first one pre-ordered, and it actually came with two gifts. It came with a spring mix of, like, Lego pieces, and it came with a yellow Yoshi as oh, well. Dope. So that's pretty cool. Like a Mario Yoshi? Yeah. Like, a... like the Lego Yoshi, but a yellow one. Oh, dope. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. It's like 20-something bucks in free Lego. Nice. So I'm down with that. Uh, that'll just get added to all the other Lego that I have for Mario. Lego. I mean, I think I told you, and you've probably seen, like, I've been picking up Lego sets yeah. for Mario for a while now, so when my son is older. Dude, you should we can display what? them all across the top of the bookshelf up there. That, that's going to be, that's not a lot of space. And besides, it's going to be a kid playing with them. Well, eventually. Eventually. At some point, we'll, we'll look to display. They'll retire there. Yeah, that's where the uh, Lord of the Rings... $500 Lego set oh, would go. Man. Are you going to get that? God, I want to so bad. I'm like, I can't justify $500 for a damn Lego set. There's so many sick Lego sets out there. And it's like, I'm at the point now where in my nerd room, like I really have to be choosy mm-hmm. about picking up new stuff because like I only can realistically install so many more shelves in that room. Yeah. So I, I can only get so many things. And some of these Lego sets, I'm like, oh my God, it's too much money and it's too much space. Mm-hmm. But man, what an afternoon it would be, dude! That'd be a blast <laughs> to build that. And they actually have a light kit now too for the Lord of the Rings one. Oh yeah, where you can. I mean, Those they all aftermarket have light, light kits. kits are sick for. Lego. Oh my god, they're so awesome, dude! Like, I need to get some for our Hogwarts or uh, Hogwarts castle. Yeah, dude, Christmas this year is gonna be great when we have it on the island over there. Now that we've I got want a bigger a Lego island, Lego Christmas set, like the village. Oh like yeah, the yeah, Christmas villages. Well, they what, make those every doing. year, but I've never started getting them yet. Well, we've been doing that with. Ho- yeah, you, know, you just Potter. do your Hogwarts one. Yeah, you bust it out at like Halloween and leave it out through Christmas. Yeah, pretty much. It, it comes back down in January, so it's like October to January. I have no access to countertop. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's how. Well, it you rolls. got a lot more counter now. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, actually, uh, we've reduced about thirty six inches on one part, but then we expanded the island. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So picked up a new kitchen. I guess that counts, right? Um, I'm trying to think what else I picked up. I I don't think there was anything else that like really caught my attention i've got tunic coming in a physical copy of that that's such um, a good game. i do have a copy of the darkness 2 uh that i've got because you know we were talking about uh, games in general and uh i remember talking about the darkness as a favorite game of mine and so i was like oh i don't have darkness 2 so let me get that for like 15 bucks whatever it came out to well it is yeah and then currently playing this week i'm still playing cardia <laughs> i'm trying to finish it up um you gotta be almost done I am actually so last I the, last week I think you were like 
a sixth away from being done or something? Uh, I'm about three chapters left, and I would have beat it last night if it wasn't for that damn nap that just I had meddling to take. Meddling kids. No, not even meddling kids, just meddling sleepiness. Uh, no, I, I straight up, like, I was feeling great. Um, I had just downed, like, an entire Sonic Blast. I was like, I got plenty of sugar. And then I crashed. <laughs> so, like, it didn't even you work got Sonic out. Blasted. I got Sonic Blasted, for sure. Um, Sonic, is it Sonic Blast Man? Is that the game I have? Maybe. I think it is a game. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm on, like, chapter 15, beginning of chapter 15. So, I got 15, 16, 17, and then 18. But one of those is, like, dialogue only, if I recall. So about three chapters, about three hours left at most for the game. And uh, I would have to say Toxa's story is far better than Lacrima's story in what I've experienced. Like, you see more of the evil components that kind of developed what was actually happening and why certain things happen in Lacrima's story. Um, where I, and I wonder, like, if I would have played Toxa first and then played Lacrima, would I have been a little more bored by the story? Right, because like all the crazy stuff that's happening is in Toxa's story. Like Lacrimas was okay, and there was like some crazy like things that had occurred, but it was like specific to just her. Whereas Toxa's story is like this encompassing of every like element of the game that's kind of jumbled into that story, and you get a lot more of that, you know, back and like who are actually the evil people and like why did this happen versus that. And, you know, even some of the things that are tied to, like, Lacrima's story are tied into Toxa's story as well. So you just get, like, yes, it ties it up, but there's just so much more in Toxa's story. And so I'm definitely enjoying this a lot more than prior. Um, and then the battle is, the battling is much easier. So I've been better about strategizing, like, you know, which types of enemy or which types of uh, phantoms I bring in where I preset my characters, like who's going to be able to attack what and when. So my battle's been going a little bit quicker. So yesterday I actually banged out like three chapters um, in a couple hours, which normally would have taken me much longer, and I probably would have fallen asleep halfway through. So I, when my, my ah, geez, I'm stumbling on words. When my wife came home, I was like, you hold the baby. Mm. I'm going to like actually relax for a moment because it was 6 a.m. to whenever, and he was just crying all day. So I was like, I need just a moment to like sit back, relax for a second, and then, you know, we'll jump back into doing whatever we're going to do. And, and so I played some Cardia, try and knock that out. All right. How about yourself? I mean, if Cardia is how you feel about relaxing these days, I mean, I hope there's... <laughs> hey, I, I fall asleep every time I play. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, a uh, big week this week on the pickups, lots of stuff on the Game Pass. I got Ghostwire Tokyo, Minecraft Legends, uh, The Last Case of Benedict Fox, and I preloaded uh, Redfall. Redfall is going to come out tomorrow, or the day that this releases, actually. So I'll be able to check that out, see how that goes, and give you guys an update on that next week. So the preload works in that it's already on your console, and then it says, like, you cannot play this until X time? Yeah, but I don't know if it actually installed the whole thing. I think it might just get you, like, a little bit of it. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> now, I'm, now I'm going to yawn. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So, I have not tried uh, Minecraft Legends. Um, I played some more Loop Hero. Dropped that. Because it's just, I don't know. It's one of those games that just cycles forever. Like, I mean, I'm sure that you eventually do beat it. But it's like... 
I put enough cycles into just doing the grind that I'm over the grind and what was exciting. So I don't know. Maybe I'll come back to it later. Who knows? Probably not. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo, I've been playing with my wife. She really digs it. I think it's pretty interesting. I can see why a lot of people bounced off of it and it wasn't like the most well-received game ever. Uh, the combat is pretty, I don't know, all right. It's a first-person shooter, open-world adventure, but you don't have a gun. You have, like, uh, magic that mm-hmm. you shoot. Yeah. You have, like, right now we've got, like, three kinds of bullets. You've got, like, a bunch of wind bullets. They just are, like, a little single shot, like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, you've got the most of those. You've got a medium amount of, like, blue water which is like a horizontal kind of like slice, but it only has like short shotgunny kind of range. Uh, it's good for like clearing out like lots of projectiles coming at you or something or kind of pushing enemies back if they're close up. And then there's like a fire one that does like a ton of damage and is actually the most useful, but has the least amount of ammo. You've got like other things like different scrolls that you use that like will stun or let you jump or distract an enemy. You can do like a little bit of sneaking around and some stealth kills on some things. Uh, the enemies are pretty straightforward. Uh, there's not like a lot of different ones of them and they don't really like work together or coordinate very well. It's it's a pretty like all right experience. Um, the like late night Tokyo with clothes all over the ground because everybody's disappeared uh, and exploring around is kind of fun. Um, and there's not great traversal. You get like a glide thing that you can do very short range and expand it a little bit through some upgrades. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of little cat merchants around that are cute in their little shops, but there's not really anything worthwhile buying. Maybe some more ammo if you're low on like some certain extra ammo types uh for the most part you're not really like getting a whole lot more than just like upgrade points there's like spirits you'll talk to that will give you side quests uh there's like fog all over the city that you can't go through until you've cleansed an area and unlocked some more of the fog gate so that you can go on um the setting's fun uh if you're into like japan stuff and like you know slightly horror theme it's got some like death stranding kind of vibes it's got some kind of like uh i don't know it's it's good i enjoy it it's been pretty fun um let's see what else uh while she's been playing that and i've been sitting there not playing or whatever or a little bit before bed i've also been playing um professor layton in the diabolical box Hmm. Busted out my 3DS for the first time in a long time. Nice. Just Very doing nice. some light puzzle solving. Uh, I always liked the animations in the Professor Layton games. I always thought they were really cute. And um, I've only played this and one other one before. I think the first one, the Curious Village or whatever. I had never gotten into them. Like, what's the overall concept on Professor Layton? So, Professor Layton and his... Uh, I don't know, not Ward, just like assistant boy, Luke. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Like, they're just, uh, yes, boy, solve this puzzle. So, uh, yeah, they just go on, like, an adventure, and there's puzzles. Like, it's like 
here's a point and click adventure, but everybody you talk to is going to be like, how about this puzzle? Or like you and professor walk into a room and you're like, Oh yeah, this is a kitchen. And the press will be like, Hey, remember that puzzle? <laughs> so it's just like every time you turn around, there's another, like move this block so that you can get this thing out this other side. Or, you know, this, uh, this guy comes into a store to buy some shoes he gives you fifty dollars but it's fake and you got fifty dollars for the next door how much money did you lose it's like rick and morty except rick is like you know all right morty we're in this new galaxy oh look a puzzle yeah you yeah just go on with it yeah so they're um they're they're quaint little puzzle games and they're uh charming little little characters, characters and little animations and stuff i enjoy those uh let's see what else Last case of Benedict Fox, I played about 20 minutes of that. I think it's like a Metroidvania type Not a fan. game. I, I just was doing other things. I had booted it up, and then I think Bree came home, and uh, we started Ghostwire instead. Gotcha. But uh, the animation and the art is absolutely gorgeous in it. I really dig like the vibe because you're, it starts like in medias res. You're not really sure... like. Who Benedict is. I mean, it's the last case of Benedict Fox. You know that going in. But um, it's like not Victorian, maybe like late 1800s. Like there's cars and stuff and guns. I'm going to look this up. Yeah, but he's got this like eldritch spirit that like follows him around. So like you'll walk into like the mansion and you're like, nobody's home and then the demon that follows you like is like this purple mist that kind of appears with all these eyes and he's like anguish lives here benedict oh it's a lovecraftian metroidvania yeah that's pretty cool yeah so it's like every time that you're like oh what's this thing over here this creepy spirit's just like death is looming benedict so i i'm digging that I do want to play some more of that. I like a good Metroid. Yeah, it looks Vania cool. And I, I might as well, but I mean, everything's going to be so packed up. Yeah, that is like nothing as to like, I was looking at some of the gameplay there. It's like nothing like that I would have envisioned it to be. Yeah, it's got, I mean, so far what I've got is a knife and a gun. And after you attack like three or four times, the gun charges. Yeah. And then you can shoot. But that's about it for that. Nice. All right. Well, our discussion topic this week, uh, you have on here hoarding digital receipts. Yeah. So, I mean, Game Pass is one thing. I do have like some Game Pass games downloaded that I've not undownloaded or played um, because I can't I can't not finish all the games. I can only not finish some games. Yeah. So some of them just sit there. But I am pretty sure i'm not subscribed to playstation anymore i don't think i am either or you know maybe i did subscribe to it so that i could play borderlands with the guys you did That's yeah right. yeah but like i think there were some decent games on um playstation plus this month and i haven't gotten them because you know what the thing is i've just i'm not probably ever gonna play them so like why am i going out of my way every month to like click download and just hoard these digital receipts for no reason but you don't have to download them you just hit add them to your library that's it yeah but why because if you ever want to download or play them down the road like i there's games that i've 
got in the library that I didn't know I had. And for our purposes, it's nice to have a game that we can play. That we can both go back and play. Yeah. But even so, like, for example, Last of Us Remastered. I wasn't going to go out and buy The Last of Us Remake because, well, I'm frankly not going to support a remake of a game that's already been remastered and whatnot in the last 10 years or whatever, right? So, I, uh, you know, unless I get it used for like 10, 12 bucks down the road type of deal. So, my wife wanted to play The Last of Us, right? I forgot. I was going to grab the PS3 version, right? And I was like, oh, man, that's right. They did a remaster on PS4. I happen to have downloaded it a long time ago. I um, have it physical, and I don't know why. Oh, that's kind of random. I should have asked you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we have a digital version of it that we have been playing. And uh, there's other games on there, like the Uncharted Collection. I download it because I'm like, well, if my wife ever wants to play it, well, I have the Uncharted Collection ready to go. And yeah. so, you know, I own it physically, but, you know, why not? Like, just have it digitally because the convenience uh, of that aspect. It does make me question, should I have the collection sitting on my shelf? But that's a yes, right? Because if at any point these servers go down, anything happens, and that collection's gone... Well, I kind of want to have my collection, right? And have those physical copies. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, her her uh, parents came into town and her dad likes playing racing games, right? I happen to have, like, a number of racing games for whatever reason on PS5. And he played them because I had them downloaded. So yeah. that's kind of the reason I collect those and continue collecting them, even though I'm never going to play it. Because you never know when you're going to have somebody over that wants to play a game, is staying over for an extended period of time, and they want to check it out. They don't want to play, I don't know, any... There's not... Out of the 2,000 plus games, they don't want to play There's a very easy way to prevent that. You don't have a guest room. And then you never have anybody stay over for extended periods of time. see, now that I have a child, (laughs) I will welcome anybody uh, in my family that wants to come for an extended period of time and hang out for a month or whatever it may be to take care of my baby so I can go ahead and do what I want to do. And they can play your video games. Then they can play my video games. That's the trade-off. You can play all of these great video games, but you got to take care of my baby. Yeah, I think that, I mean, and you only have the PlayStation. So, yeah, exactly. like, you've got. I've s- never gotten anything from Games with Gold since I've resubscribed to Xbox. Yeah. Because there's almost no reason. They almost never put up anything even worth going and downloading to speak of. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, you know, Epic. I mean, you've got a, a decent. Computer setup. Yeah. Epic gives away free games every month. Really? Yeah. All you have to do, and it, they change it like every couple of weeks. It's you have not to be like subscribe they subscribe to them though or something. It's free. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you just need the launcher. Oh. Well, there you go. Now I'm going to have more digital receipts. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, how many services, like, just because it's free, are you going to take advantage of that? Like, and at what point is it really, you know, paying off? Like, everybody's got their own limits. Like, where it makes sense for you. I just thought this would be an interesting topic to talk about because it's like so often I hear my YouTubers every week. They do the like what's free this week roundup. And it's like, well, I mean, depending on how many services you subscribe to and what your definition of free is. Yeah. You know, there's like 10 games on the table almost every week or, you know, at least a couple dozen a month. Yeah. So... I get it, you know, and and I I pull a lot of digital games whenever I can just to have them on hand, you know, in the event I want to play them. But I do have tons and tons of physical games too, right? So, uh, I don't know, man. You skip that train altogether, like the digital sales on games. Yeah. You completely bypass because you're 
going to get that physical. If I can, yeah. It but depends. If it's a PC. Digital, yeah, so I do have some PC games that I've purchased over here. And that I, like, I've got Callisto Protocol. I didn't buy it, but yeah. I, I got it free when I got my GPU. Um, I did buy uh, Factorio, which I do intend to go back to. So don't worry. The factory will continue to grow. We will get our nuclear weapons and destroy the alien race. Just Justin has been in finals. He just graduated today, actually. Oh, congrats, uh, so, Justin. Yeah, so I, I don't know what episode he was on, but he was on an episode. And, uh, yeah, so, like, he just graduated, and he's been completely bogged down with schoolwork and finals and calculus and everything else that he's got to do, right? So he... Uh, that dude's been doing homework since I met him. Yeah. And that was, like, five years ago now. Yeah, he just he just graduated today, passed his classes, so kudos to him on, on you know, getting that done. And, um, yeah, so he is now free to play Factorio. So I'm going to beat Cardia. I'm going to, of course, play Rain on Your Parade and beat that next because that can be a casual sit back in my bed and play until I fall yeah. asleep. And then he and I on occasion will play Factorio and complete that game. Um, but, you know, point being is I do have some PC games on there that are actually still installed. Um, Dark Souls is installed on my computer too. Um, not that I'm going to play it anytime soon because I obviously beat it on PlayStation Three, yeah, PlayStation Three, a long time ago. But you're going to be very choosy for the most yeah. part with the games yeah. that you're buying. You're not going to be one of those people that has a hundred Steam games that you've yeah. never yeah. played, but you got them all eighty percent off. Yeah, exactly. Like I just don't see the need to like. Unless That's it's another a, hoarding digital receipts. Uh, just buying it because it was on sale. Yeah, and I mean, well, technically, I do with physical receipts, right? I I buy a lot of those games because they are on sale. However. I am kind of picky and choosy about my games that I pick up, right? It has well, you have to... a whole system for it. Yeah. For the most part, there's not a digital equivalent or a market to flip free games. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, your system works because it's like actual physically collectible, the item itself. Well, and just even like PS5 games, PS4 games, like if something catches my attention and it's like, oh, you know what? I might play that. What are the reviews? Oh, reviews are 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 cool, that looks like something I might be interested in down the road to play. And so I'll pick it up. So, you know, even as we've been talking, there's games that I picked up a long time ago, like Mark of Cree, for example, on PS2. It's supposed to be a fantastic game. I, I have it because I picked it up for like five bucks. You know, that's one I want to go back to and play. And right. it might it could be, be another Cardia. Uh, no, <laughs> that one I know is not. That is not a Cardia. Um, but there's... <laughs> so there's a lot John's of games like... That, Hey, any game I pick for you would be a gem. I don't know. What about Cardia? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that one was just on my list and, and decided to play it. But yeah, so I get it. Uh, so hoarding digital receipts. I, I don't hoard a ton of digital receipts. I probably will at some point, depending on the type of game. Um, but, you know, if I'm buying digital, it's because I, I have full... Like if I bought a day one game, for example... I'm buying a day one game because I have full intention on playing that game on the spot. So mm -hmm. if I'm buying a game on my PC, it's because I have full intention to play that game on my PC right then and there. Yeah, like that's exactly. my plan. Now, when I find these like, you know, giant lots of video games and it's like, oh, it's a grand for like 400 games. Yeah, I'm going to be picky and choosy about what I play and a lot of it's going to sit on the back burner. Because I, I can afford to let that sit in my mindset, right? I can afford to let a larger collection sit versus I just got this day one. It's 60 bucks. I'm going to play it now because if I were to have bought it six months from now, it would have been $20. And I feel like that's a waste of money at that point, right? It's all mm -hmm. a waste of money in the grand scheme of things. But um, I'd rather play right away than kind of let it yeah. sit on the shelf and rot, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
All right, let's dive into. Uh, I, I hope that that topic got got what you wanted out of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so what we're going to discuss this week is a reason regulators blocked Microsoft's Activision deal, and uh, and I guess this particular person, Ethan Gax, says it makes no sense. Um, we've got Redfall uh, retail boxes uh, have 60 frames per second listed on the back, so Bethesda put a note, uh, really a sticker to clarify uh, information on that. And then uh, Sony has confirmed that more PC ports are coming because, well, it's making a ton of money. Let's go to our first topic here, which is the uh, reason regulators block the deal. Man. And this is Kotaku, Ethan Gak. Yeah, so this week, what the news? Like, this is not what anybody was expecting to happen for, you know, the regulators to come back and actually block the deal and blame it on cloud gaming, of all things. Like, not even looking at Activision and Call of Duty basically and just saying you know what that Microsoft you're too good and if you did get something like Call of Duty and World of Warcraft and hosted both of those on your cloud service well my friend where would all the cloud babies go what would happen to all the new cloud babies so it's a very valid point actually when you kind of look at it and why it does make sense it does too like it's so weird like i i don't know if there was irony in the article but man ethan spends like a good tale in this making it make sense to me and i believe that yeah you know what the stifling of the future growth of the cloud gaming market to be strangled out by like two of the most successful live service franchises of all time like i don't know if you call call of duty a live service franchise but in the sense that it's something that people have been paying for every single year since it came out and will continue to do so in the future, like World of Warcraft, how are they not different? So let's also look at in this respect too. StarCraft, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Call of Duty, Fallout. When you start considering all, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls is another one, right? Yeah. That can be live service. So... Here's what's funny when you look, when you look at this whole situation. Microsoft's been handing out all of these 10-year deals, right? Do you know what people are saying in the industry of when cloud gaming is going to take off in 10 years? I mean, that's that's that, one that's of the, the that's the estimate. That's the general consensus estimate that cloud gaming is not where it needs to be. It needs to grow. It's in its infancy. Well, it is going to be a bigger thing in 10 years when That's all those one of those things that they've been saying though for like 30 years. Like they were doing cloud gaming stuff back in like 2010 and they were like oh this will be big in 10 years well, and then in 2020 they're like oh it'll be big in 10 years somebody needs to take up the mantle and make it a big deal so if you yeah. look at electric cars would be a prime example right electric cars you know tesla wasn't the first electric car out there right there's other cars that were hybrid or had electricity kind of driving them but it wasn't really a big thing until Tesla took up the initiatives or took up the mantle and said, we're going to drive well, they this made it forward. Cool. Yeah. And we, they made it a big thing, right? So if Microsoft... And they lied to everybody about it being self-driving and now they're <laughs> getting sued. Yeah. So, um, you know, so now, so that, that's kind of a big reason, right? Now you see all of these other competitors, right, creating these vehicles. Well, if Microsoft grabs a major stake in the cloud gaming space, and also it, it states in the article, which was even funnier to make it more ironic, is that the amount of things that Microsoft has backing it from a tech standpoint, yeah. Windows, the PCs that they build, all of the networks that they have in place. like They have the delivery. Yeah, like they're set 
to do this, right? Like they're already prepared. So in 10 years time, when all those deals run out, and think about it this way too, NVIDIA has its cloud gaming, PlayStation shutter theirs, Google shutter theirs as well, but there's other like Nware, I think was a cloud gaming one as well, uh, out in uh, Spain, if I'm correct, that just got um, a deal written as well. So there's all these other companies that do cloud gaming. Well, if Ryan is doing cloud gaming and enjoying it, on NVIDIA, which has Call of Duty, and all of a sudden Microsoft says, hey, you know what, we're gonna rescind that, ten we're not re-upping that 10 years, we're gonna keep Call of Duty here. Well, guess what, cloud gaming is a big thing. Call of Duty is on all of these cloud gaming platforms. World of Warcraft is on all of this cloud gaming. But Microsoft says, we're gonna pull that rug back, and we hope you'll enjoy Call of Duty on a Microsoft, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's really what the UK is looking at here. So all of these people bitching, really, saying, oh, UK, like, They'll just pull out of the UK and everything. Microsoft sees a little differently because now that the UK has come through and said, here's XYZ reason as to why we're not going to allow this, we're going to block it. Guess what the United States now has? Additional reason to block this merger from occurring too. Unless they can appeal. I mean, they are screaming to the high heavens that they're going to appeal this. I, I don't know, man. Everything I've read, it sounds like a legitimate reason as to, like they're looking at this. And one of the things that was outlined, which kind of made me laugh too when he says it doesn't make sense, is... They talk about the Facebook acquisition of Instagram and how regulators backed this years ago. And now they're looking at this like this horrible, like we should have never let this happen. We should have never let Facebook acquire Instagram. So they're looking at this with more caution to say, we really shouldn't let Microsoft acquire Activision because these are the things that are going to happen you know, in 10 years. And it's really going to be detrimental to the market as a whole with one major player controlling most of that market. And they are right now like the top top dog in cloud gaming. Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely a danger to the future competitions and that's one of the bigger things he's saying in the article is like, you know, there tends to be a focus on right now as a situation, but like look at how affected the market was when Facebook was allowed to buy Instagram and they were able to just strangle out like a whole another generation of competitor by having that strength ahead of time. And being able to shore up and be prepared for it. But, you know, I'm at the point now where I I hope that it's just going to die, I guess. Because hopefully it'll be better for everything in the future. And who knows what will happen. But the one thing that my biggest takeaway at the end of this, and I wrote in my notes, was, you know, I think that we can all agree that monopolies are bad. But... You remember when Netflix was like great and it had everything? Like, don't you think it would be better to have one company that maybe you pay $50 or $60 a month to than like three or four places that you got to pay $5 to $20 a month to? Like, it sucks in that way. But as soon as I started thinking of it that way, I thought, well, you know what? Gaming's kind of different. Like, imagine not having two console wars because if you want to play God of War you could just play it on whatever the cloud gaming service that it's available for as long as you have a device that will play the cloud gaming aspect of it you have a ticket and if you just pay for a month of access you could play you know play that game or whatever assuming that it's not like pay to get in pay for the game and then you've got just a dead $60 sitting on a service you're not subscribed to. But like that's really a key that you can stick in and turn on whenever. So as opposed to investing $600 in a, or $500 in a console, you break that up to $30 a month. 
that's how many months of playing games th- for that system you could get out of it. Yeah, gaming is definitely different in that respect. And, you know, the games are not... In some instances, yes. It's Sony creating the game, Sony releasing on their console. That's why you have console wars. That's why you have multiple consoles and exclusives and all of that deal, right? And then obviously Sony backdoor deals to get exclusives on their system and it can only be, you know, played on this or only developed on this console. Obviously a lie. So, you know, I can see that being, you know, similar to Netflix and and what's happening, right, in that market. Because, you know, quite frankly, yeah, Netflix has their exclusive content. Uh, there are deals that happen. Like if you want to watch, I think it's Seinfeld. You can only watch Seinfeld on Netflix. I want to, like I don't know who's wanting to watch Seinfeld nowadays, but okay. you can only Seinfeld is good every yeah, once right. in a while. So you can only watch on like one of those streaming services. Yeah, obviously Disney, Disney properties, Fox properties, Discovery. It just et cetera, sucks when you there. try to Google something and it's like, oh, freaking Peacock or whatever. Yeah, some ex- BS. <laughs> exactly. So there's like so many different things out there. But you have to consider that all of those are different networks and different studios that create their own content, and that's why you have that situation. Now, gaming is different because one you know, developer or publisher might say, well, I want the most money I can make, so I'm going to make Ubisoft. it widely available. Yeah, Ubisoft. <laughs> Ubisoft has their own thing yeah. where it's like you can play all the Ubisoft games on here. Yeah. Fuck, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who, who would want just only access to Assassin's Creed and Watch Talks games. I saw somebody questioning it the other day and they're like, oh, Ubisoft has your service. Should I subscribe? And everybody's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, if you want to play every Assassin's Creed game. You could probably buy all the Assassin's Creeds for like a month of the service. You literally could buy it for less than what it would cost for a year of the service. (laughs) Like, I'm not kidding. Like, the Assassin's Creed games, if you went all the way back to like PS3 They're like sports games. They're like, yeah, they are. They're like less than 10 bucks a pop. But, you know, point being is that gaming is widely available. So, if Microsoft does take that on, 10 years from now, Microsoft could pull the rug back and say, yeah, we're going to just keep everything on our cloud gaming service. Screw the rest of you. It's only on Microsoft. Hey, cloud gaming is a big thing now. You were playing on NVIDIA. You were playing on, we'll say, Epic has something. Sony comes out of the woodwork and releases it again. Apple's got something. But, you know, come over to Microsoft because you can't play those games after those 10-year deals have been rescinded. So, um, yeah, I totally see the point, and it just makes me not want them to acquire it even more. So, all right. Uh, diving into uh, Redfall, I know you're looking forward to this one. So uh, this is uh, Samir Omarovic at uh, Altchair or Altchar, and so basically they've released the game or not released the game, but they've got the game sitting in store shelves, ready to be put out right in the back, and all of them say 60 frames per second. So there's a sticker on the back now that says uh, 60 frames per second is not available at launch. So they're apparently looking to Bethesda's planning on patching uh, the overall game after it's been released to be able to accommodate 60 frames per second. So yay to all the fans out there that were like, you said we could play 60 frames per second in 4K and now you're just only doing 30 frames per second. What gives? Like this is supposed to be next gen gaming and you're giving us last gen gaming. So kudos to everybody that, you know, kind of raised a fit on that. Well, and I heard somebody say, you know, that they hadn't really seen that as a like printed on the box feature from their recollection to a lot of their ad- other Xbox games. So I don't know if that's usually one of those things that is printed on the box. Like it used to just be like the number of players and telling you you needed a memory card or whatever. Yeah, I don't recall ever seeing that on a box of mine, but it's not something I really pay attention to. Well, and you don't buy Xbox games. 
Well, I mean, just, new Xbox games. It doesn't even have to be Xbox. It could be Sony games. Like well, I, but, I just, it's not something I pay attention to. Yeah. Like I, I know when a game is coming out, if it's going to be 30 frames per second, 60 frames, or it can hit 40 frames at, you know, HDR settings. Like I know that type of stuff going in. Um, but it's, there's usually enough settings that I can kind of modify. And honestly, man, I don't play games at 60 frames per second. I prefer 30 frames because it's just too fast sometimes, like for me to keep up on my TV, at least in today's gaming. So yeah. down the road, I'll probably play it at faster speeds, but it kind of makes me, it also makes me dizzy sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I think that my biggest issue with this is just kind of the abuse again of like, the physical media aspect of it. Like they just really don't even respect it anymore. You know, like they wait until weeks after a review to patch in, you know, uh, pay to win or, you know, just microtransactions in general. Now, like this is just saying something that is on this disc that when you buy that game is not on the disc. Like if you were on our deserted Island challenge, you know, if you're, can't have an internet connection you're not going to be able to play this game the best way that it could be done no i think on that one we did say that there is internet connection to be able to play to download your updates essentially so the game is playable so okay. no bugs so that was our i think it was episode 200 right something like that yeah, yeah i think it was episode 200 yeah yeah um but like anyways there's there's just no like integrity and I don't know if this is like something for the ESRB or whatever cuz I know that they do the game rating but like what is on the box should be what is in the box you know and it's just like it's not and yeah. if they're going to keep trying to say games are going to be 4K 60 FPS like most games make that a choice it's not a 4K and 60 FPS it's 4K or 60 FPS and ray tracing might be along for the ride if you've got like DLSS or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, you know, speaking of games in uh, 4K, uh, one that is not is Last of Us on the PC. So uh, Sony has confirmed that more PC ports are coming because, well, it makes them a ton of money. So just looking at the uh, the overall amounts here, uh, we'll go. We'll just look at Q4 of uh, their fiscal year of 2021. Uh, they had $379 million that was made in, it's kind of like this separate tab on when they call out their finances on their, on their um, uh, what is it, their quarterly calls, right, to the market. Uh, that specific area, which does account for PC gaming, was $379.1 million. In Q4, that same section was one point, well, we'll just say $1 billion. We'll, we'll say $1.1 billion. We'll round it up. So not all of that is directly attributed to PC. They actually say that there's peripherals. It covers a lot of ground there. PSVR 2. PSVR 2 releasing. So there's that separate section. It's not directly video games, technically, um, that's noted there. But, uh, yeah, so that's where it's at. And, you know, honestly, you know, if they're making a ton of money on PC gaming, it makes sense, I mean, to do that. Now, what does that do for them long term, though? for sales of their consoles are you going to have people that say well screw it why am i going to play you know wait or buy a ps5 if i'm just going to be able to play it on pc you know if they decide to go day and day uh, that's true so if you're looking at 
you know, a year or two wait in between, then yeah, it makes sense. And that's, I think, how Final Fantasy 16 is, correct? I want to say 16 is exclusive to the PlayStation 5 for one year and then it gets released on PC. And hopefully when they release it, they release it in a better state than they did with The Last of Us. Yeah. Because who wants to wait a year and then, oh, wait, no, actually, you should have probably waited an extra six months but now we'll release it and you guys can ride the struggle bus for three months while we patch it. Well, yeah, and that's part of it too, right? So, I don't know, it seems to me like console games are always like kind of, for the most part, ready to go out the box of a couple patches here or there. But there's nothing generally that's like, I can't play this game. There's no way I can do anything in this game moving forward. Like, I have to just wait until they patch it, right? Whereas PC, I think that's a little more, you know. It can it, be it noodly. It can be your problem. Yeah, that, that, that you too. have to figure out how to fix. That's why I don't That's, PC game. That too. That is also true. So, you know, there are those outside factors from gaming that are directly attributed to you that, that could be an issue. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Sony would release it after a year and they're going to make more money that way anyways because, you know, PC is, you know, a big pool. A lot of players there. So, I'm honestly, I don't have any issue with this. I mean, I'd rather see Sony going into different ventures and trying to make as much money as they can. It does kind of suck from an exclusive standpoint because if I'm playing, if I'm buying a PlayStation 5 for exclusives, I kind of want it to be exclusive. Like, that's why I bought a PlayStation 5. Um, well, if you're going to start mean, porting everything over to PC, then what's the point of owning a PS5? But there is a convenience of laying back on my couch with the DualShock 5, whatever. Is it DualShock 5? Dual DualSense 5. DualSense, not DualSense 5, but sitting back and being able to do that playing on my bigger TV, whereas PC, I've got, you know, 27-inch monitors. you got to sit at your PC. Yeah, exactly. And, like, do I want to do that? Not really. And I could technically connect my PC to my bigger TV, but no. I'm, it's yeah. just, I'm not going to do that. It's just a pain in the ass process. And I, I use it in here. Could for you just stuff. like wire it through the wall? You know, it's crossed my mind. <laughs> it, it, it has crossed it my mind. It would be probably pretty easy. That is something that if, so that's something if I were to move into another house, I would probably do that. I'd probably cut, you know how they have like the, yeah. the space, like that mesh type of thing yeah. where you can kind of slide uh, cables through. That's probably something I would do down the road. Um, where I would just kind of go right up along the stud and then cut a hole between each wall because I do have my TV there and then being able to route that cable through. Like I would totally yeah. do something like that down the road. But as it stands right now, I'm not about to do that. My entertainment center is way too big. I'm not messing with that crap. Um, it's going to live as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts? Um, yeah. Uh, send them over. I don't care. More people on PC want to play PlayStation games. More power to them. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. I don't have a PS5 or PC, so it doesn't <laughs> matter to me either way right now. All right. Let's look at our inflation deflation. I'll, I'll jump into the first little bit, and then you kick it off, I guess, with gameplay and all that. Does that work? Sure. Okay. So, because uh, I, I did look at all this. It looks like it's all correct. So, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Uh, we will point out, yes, we were supposed to play Dreamcast Saltwater Fishing. I forgot. On me. We'll play it for 235 It wasn't your fault. You got cursed. I, I did. By the, the rainbow. The rainbow curse got me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. Uh, it was developed by HAL Laboratory. It was published by Nintendo. It was directed by uh, Kazuchigi Masuda. Kazushigi? Kazushigi Masuda. 
and it was released in February of 2015. It is a platformer average uh, of a 7 out of 10. And our plot is one day in dreamland as Kirby and Bandana Waddle Dee are playing together, a mysterious hole opens in the sky, draining all of the color from dreamland and stopping everything and everyone in its tracks. Ellen, a paintbrush uh, fairy from the land of Seventopia, goes through the portal in order to escape several grab hands and uses her powers to bring color back to Kirby and Waddle Dee. It's up to Kirby to save the day. Yeah. That is a hilarious paragraph of a plot. I just, I love the grab hands. That's funny. And when I saw that, by the way, on the video, I thought it was Master Hand times two. Mm. So I was like, oh, oh, it's Master Hand. And then, of course, Kirby uh, not wanting to walk, just roll. Yeah. Up to the so rainbow clouds. This is a different type of Kirby game. I feel like many Kirby games are different. You know, they kind of all bring their own thing. I feel like Yoshi does a lot of the same. Like, they're kind of Nintendo's experimental, meant for younger kind of generations, and they love to craft. This is one of those crafty games. This is Kirby in beautiful claymation. Um, The style of this game is actually very different. So, instead of traditional platform movement, you have... Uh, basically Kirby pinball side-scrolling platformer. So Kirby is just a little cute clay ball. He's going to keep rolling and doing his thing. And you use the Wii uh, U stylus and touchpad to draw lines under Kirby to, you know, make him go that direction and follow that line up. So imagine yourself uh, a goal at a higher elevation and you're starting at a lower elevation and you just draw a slope line kirby's gonna go up that slope line all the way to that goal if there's enemies in the way you tap kirby and then he does like a little sonic spin dash forward uh to do damage there is no absorbing enemy powers or anything like that as far as we saw yeah as far as we saw but so it's like a very much like a uh, you know, lead Kirby in the direction to go and go around uh, collecting stars, you know, bashing blocks, dodging paint, enemies. Paint bucket things. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of things you're collecting. Um, so a couple fun things uh, for the game itself. If you wanted to, uh, you know, go through this and do a fast run or, or speed run, you just die three times in a row per level. And you move on to the next level. And yeah, you... we were looking up... Uh, I was like watching John play the game, and I was like, I wonder if a speed run of this game looks really cool. Because like, I just imagined somebody who got really good at drawing all the lines in the perfect place. And I'm sure a 100% speed run exists, and, and it's probably very cool looking. Maybe I should look that up next. But I, of course, found a any percent chance run. And yeah, I guess this game just has a default. If you die three times... It'll just be like, you want to move on to the next level? Nintendo teaching children about failure. Hey, if you fail, just keep moving forward. Fail up. Yeah, fail up. Just keep moving forward. The game gets harder, but you can just keep dying and trying again. So, yeah, it was interesting uh, doing that. And then you brought up a good point when we were playing. Like, everything's on the stylus. So, like, why is there a TV? Yeah, like, why, the TV portion TV? is purely as just to show off your Kirby skills. Yeah, that's all it is. Or, or to get backseat driven. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. So, very interesting game overall. I, I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. It's a Kirby game. Yeah, it was interesting. It's got curb appeal. 
It's, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm supposed to be a dad. Uh, all right. Complete in box. You're looking at 51.74. It peaked at 58.67 in May of last year. That is holding its price right now. Uh, a loose copy will run you 47.59. It peaked at 47.59. Well, this month, April 2023. Uh, it's trending up. And then uh, we'll get into our rating here in a second. That's so, crazy. What? That the box is only four bucks eh, for this game apparently i i think it goes for more complete in box this is price charting so it is on average i picked up a, a complete in box recently for like 40 bucks i think yeah oh you got this recently yeah yeah i got this recently yeah, yeah. so i mean this one definitely is you know wii u is one of those consoles that is going to be more abundant on the game side than on the console side because there's two parts to that console, and if you don't have both, you're out. So there's going to be people, you know, zombie scavenging just one half of a Wii U as time goes on. So like, I've got several halves of a Wii U in my house. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. realistically, like, if you are at all interested in Wii U, and especially with just, like, the shop closers recently, yeah, that's going to be a huge boost to the collecting economy on this, like... Wii U is something you already should have started collecting if you wanted it. Yeah, I kind of missed the boat on a lot of titles that I should have picked up when they were cheap. I, it's it's one of those things, like, I make more than I was back when Wii U was a thing that I should have been collecting for. Yeah. Uh, like, literally a third of what I make now, right? So it's like, back then I wasn't, oh, let me grab this game. Let me grab this game. Let me grab this game. For well, like it was 30, like basically bucks. dead. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I was playing it a lot, actually. Like I enjoyed People loved it. I love my Wii U consoles. It's one of my favorite Nintendo consoles. Um, but I just didn't get to collect in time for some of those. Like I remember coming across Xenoblade Chronicles X for like $15 all the time, but I just didn't have the disposable income to justify spending 15, 20 bucks on a game all the time. Yeah. Um, so I had to be super choosy on what I was buying. And now that game's like 50, 60 bucks, if not more. So it's just, it is what it is. Um, as far as, you know, this game, I do think personally that this game is inflated, um, I, I don't think it's the best Kirby game you could have purchased. Like this could have been on a 3DS and maybe it is, I don't know, but it could have been on a 3DS and you would have got just as much enjoyment out of it. Probably more. Cause like the TV component is just stupid. Like why the hell do you need the TV for this title? Um, it's not like, and you're not even, when you're playing, you're not even looking at the TV yeah. because you'd have to be like a Wacom artist yeah. where you can just like know where your hand is on the the there's, Wii gamepad. There's absolutely no reason to have this on a TV. So, like, you're you're pretty much playing on the gamepad regardless. It's like a game that was too much for the DS. Yeah. So they put it on the Wii U that's, without honestly, really needing it to be there. A very good point. That's probably the main Although, reason. Although, I could see this potentially working, like, on a Wii, where you'd, like, point at the screen to draw. Yeah, I mean, you pr maybe you can use the, uh, the yeah. remote. I don't know. But even that's kind of... That'd be hard to do that. Like having I mean, it's not that much different like than using and, the stylus. But to aim and double click. Like it's easier to tap with a stylus than it is to like aim with the Wiimote and then and double click. And hold B down or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That. It's, it's kind of weird. So yeah, I think it's inflated at its price point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Nintendo inflated. Yeah. Ninflated. Ninflated. Yeah. Okay. So um, we did play for next week. Play in advance. Always good to play in advance. We should have played the fishing, but we didn't uh yeah i'd rather be fishing yeah I'd, I'd rather be fishing too we played Connecticut, 
on PlayStation 2. So we'll be talking about that one next week on the uh, Inflation Deflation Challenge. But this has been episode 233 of the Game Flavors Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.